It's the Dogcast, episode number 440. A big double episode. We cover the beatdown 45 to 14 in Nashville. We cover, take a bunch of calls and then we look forward to Missouri. fans it's a big double episode of the dogcast it's episode number 440 and we are talking about vanderbilt now is this is this four does this just count as 440 or is this 440 and 441 maybe it's just 440 because hell 440 never existed right we, we did it but nobody ever heard it maybe this is 440a but gotcha. no. okay yeah so it, it's just gonna be vandy and missouri big win 45 to 14 buddy we put the hurt on the Commodores in Nashville. Old Dog, how excited were you over that first drive? Oh, man, I was. And I don't know. And for those of you that still have it, you know, on your DVR or, you know, if you're like me, still have it on your VHS tape, go back and look. And if there's ever any doubt that the coaches don't listen to the dog cast, right after Chubb runs in, they put a close-up over on Smart, and he's still on the headphones, and I guess he's talking to Cheney. But if you read his lips, he says, that one was for Old Dog. I know. I mean, it's clear as, clear as damn day what he said. I mean, exactly. clearly it was a game plan they put in, a scripted set of plays just for you. It, it, they may have even called it the Old Dog. I'm it, not sure. It may be the Old Dog Drive. I don't know. Maybe not the Wild yeah. Dog. It's the Old Dog. But. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it was but, a big I mean, game. It definitely, it definitely did my heart good to see an eight-play drive with nothing but runs. And you look at that a little bit, and I look at it a little bit differently. I mean, you go back to the to the flea flicker where, you know, from let's go a pass, you know, a week before, bam, we've got seven points on the board. First drive against Missouri, against Vanderbilt, bam. We've got seven points on the board, but that drive against uh, that drive against Vanderbilt told them we are here. We are here to kick your ass all day long. You know, uh, a trick play with a long pass and a quick seven points. That's cool. That gets that gets the team going. That gets the fans going. But there's nothing as demoralizing to the other team is to just have the ball run down your throat, know what's going to come, and you can't stop it. Yeah, and Kirby actually used that word in the post-game press conference, which I thought was badass. He said, our running backs are running the ball to purposely demoralize the other team. I'm telling you, and if you've seen that clip, when you know they did a little clip uh, for Georgia football of all the different rushing plays, I mean, holy crap, dude. 
Holyfield's knees. He's going like straight Roger Craig on this dude, just knee, just high stepping, pushing the damn pile. Um, t- the the runs that Michelle and Chubb, Harriet and Holyfield and Swift. We have. I mean, how sweet was Holyfield's first touchdown run? Right, it was fantastic. Oh, without a doubt. And you know, I mean, just you know, you look. The future is bright. You know, I mean, here we've got two seniors that gave up, you know, potential money in the pros to come back. It's certainly paying off for them. But you look at what we've got behind them and what we've got coming in. I mean, you just just look at the difference that we've had in recruiting these past two years. A, an, em- an emphasis on getting alignment, which is something we have not had in forever. And then you back that up, you know, folks talk about, well, the old regime was awfully good at getting skilled players. Well, you know, we had we had the great Matthew Stafford, you know, who didn't win dick for us. Uh, and then we waited and we waited and waited for the next savior of the program, another five-star quarterback. In comes Jacob Eason. Well, man, we've got – in a three-year recruiting cycle, we've signed three five-star quarterbacks. Right. You know, and I mean, I know some will say, well, Fromm was a four. He was a four in some circles. He was a five in others. And I'm telling you, the way that kid's playing, the ones that had him rated a five were smart. He's a and five to, in and to, back, and to back that up, We've got a five-star running back that is so good, they named him after a Greek god by the name of the suits. <laughs> I know, right? Zamir. Zamir, also known as Zeus, coming in next year. Hell, talk about the future. How about Jawan Taylor stepping up in Natures Patrick's place? Taylor had a hell of a game, you know? He started a little slow. But he finished the game fantastic, man. Playing and, in release. And Kirby, of, and Kirby is really high on this Monty Rice kid. Yeah. They're all, I mean, hell, you know, and we're at the substitutions on offense and defense. Subbing so many people on the defensive line. Hell, subbing so many running backs, running backs. You know, I mean, did you see the thing where, you know, Chubb said he's done the math on how much football they've missed? He says in the five games, they've missed a quarter per game. But, you know, um, I don't think Chubb is damn uh, is upset about it. I think Chubb is just uh, kind of poking fun at Cheney a little bit. But, you know, I used to wonder why they sub Chubb out. I mean, clearly, Chubb doesn't need a rest. But I think now, I don't know, maybe fresh legs, man. I don't know. Whatever we're doing, it's working, brother. It is oh, absolutely, absolutely working. And, and just like with our quarterback situation, when it's broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So or speaking, when it's broke, you don't need to. Or when it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Man, yeah. the old dog's been drinking a little dog piss out of the dog bowl. It might sound like. You know, I was thinking about Easton, and a lot of people are talking about him, and you know, is his how's his attitude, and what's he going to do at the end of the year, and all that kind of stuff. You know, and and you know, it does kind well, of. Here's stink. the deal. I don't give a shit. Listen, easy. easy. Come on, Mr. Humanitarian. Look, he didn't get a damn, he, you know, it ain't working out for him, right, clearly. It ain't working out for him. You can't say, I mean, don't be, you don't have to be so hard on the kid. Show a little compassion. No, and, and, and I'm not, and I'm not, and but I do, you know, I do think the writing's on the wall. 
Yeah, and it's a shitty hand, right? But if it is, and, you know, fair. and the thing is, if he wants to stay and compete, I think that would be great for him. But he's going to have to get a whole lot better. I mean, he every offensive play that he runs has to be out of the shotgun. I mean, that takes probably a third of your playbook away. Sure. And when you're a running team like us, you're much better off running with a quarterback behind center as opposed to your quarterback in the shotgun. And, you know, for all these naysayers that kind of want to tear down from or whatever, you know, well, you know, and, and they have this mythical thing at some point, we're going to be behind and we're going to need this wonderful arm that Jacob Eason has. Well, you know, we haven't been behind yet and we may not be. And the couple little times that we were behind up in South Bend, Indiana, where a freshman was making his first start, if I remember right, we came back and won that game. Hey, let me tell you, when Fromm needs to make the throw, he has been able to make the throw. But you do bring up a good point. And that is, we have a lot of listeners, old dog, a lot of listeners to the show, a lot of new listeners this year, by the way. Thanks for coming on board to the world's original, the best, the original dog cast. But we have a lot of listeners, old dog, that are split on this Fromm versus Eason thing, right? Good listeners, man, people whose opinion I generally like to hear. And... It's amazing how split people are on this Eason versus Fromm thing. And, in fact, we've got a couple of calls to play after this show where you're going to hear a passion, an impassioned defense of Jake Fromm and how he doesn't have to practice coming from behind because he doesn't come from behind. He just keeps his damn hobnail boot on your throat. And if I'm correct, this is coming from a listener that two weeks ago was in the Eason camp. Yeah. So, anyway, we have some awesome calls we're going to play at the end of this Vanderbilt show. I tell you. But here's the deal. This is what I'm going to tell you because, as we have always said, and we have probably broke more big-time things than any other outlet that covers the dogs. It just we're years, We're light years ahead of where we need to be, and I love to bring up our strength and conditioning program. But I'm telling you, just like we were when it was divided on whether Coach Rick needed to stay or go, and you remember we led, at least I led the charge to get Rick out of there, and man, hadn't that worked out for us nicely. And it's worked out for him nicely, too. For He's sure. down in Miami, and and they've got a nice little program going, and, you know, maybe he learned some things, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to play them in a championship game one day. Who knows? I doubt it because they'll blow something along the way. But just <laughs> like just like with that controversy, just, just, listen, just like that controversy was, listen to the old dog when I tell you we need Jake Fromm. He's our quarterback. That's how it's going to be. There should be no controversy over who's going to start and whether we need Jacob Easton or not, who knows? I hope the kid goes on and has a wonderful career somewhere, whether it be with Georgia or not. And if he doesn't, if he stays at Georgia and is the number two guy, maybe some of these great NFL talent scouts will see the arms, see the five foot six frame, the 225 pounds, and go ahead and draft him in the first round anyway. But my one piece of advice for Jake, for uh, Jacob Eason, 
is whatever you do, hire Matthew Stafford's agent. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, listen, let's talk a little bit more about the game because, you know, we did have some defensive struggles. Kirby talked about it. You know, we had a problem getting off the field on third down in the first half, you know, and Shermer was able to exploit some stuff, and, and especially right there at the end. They were, yeah, you know, but they didn't, but even with that, they didn't get in the end zone till the last couple minutes, and they went to that hurry-up offense. Uh, we went to a little prevent kind of thing, and, you know, they took it down. But literally for that and then kind of a garbage touchdown, at the end of the game, uh, where their first well, string was in against our second and yeah, third string, one yard but, drive. But but that that game could have easily been a shutout, and you can discount that last touchdown. They really, their offense really is is quote poorly as you want to say. Our defense played. They only scored seven points against our first string. No doubt. I'm not saying we played poorly. What I was, but the point I was going to make was we had some freaking great halftime adjustments because after the half, they had like, what, 178 yards in the first half and like, I don't know, 30 in the second half. I mean, hell, we shut them down in the second half. It was fantastic with the adjustments that Mel Tucker was able to make at halftime. It was amazing. But I'll tell you, one thing I am ready to stop seeing is Miko Hardman dropping balls in important times. Important passes, passes that could change games. I'm about tired of uh, Miko Hardman dropping them. What do you think? Well, I, no, I'm with you. And there are, two, there are two things there. And, I mean, obviously the kid's a talent, but they really don't know what, they don't know what to do with them, and they're trying to find a position for them. What scares me more than anything and concerns me more than his drops of passes is when he is back there to feel the punt. I just hold my breath because I'm telling you, at some point in time, and we may be in a close game, hopefully not, but we may, I would, dropping a pass is bad, muffing a punt and having the other team recover it after you've just held them and made them punt. That is that can be catastrophic. The good news is right. the the good news is I have gone into the medicine cabinet, found a vial of the of the Martrez Milner antidote, and I have it, and it's being FedExed up to Athens as we speak. Wow, that is it's probably it's probably going through the terminal in Memphis right now and getting sorted, and it will be it will be on on the trainer's table. In the morning, it's not expired, is it? I mean, it's it's still in day. It's still it, potent. It, it, it is. It, okay. it, it, yeah, well, we got to hope, but I mean, because there for a long time there was no cure. It's kind of like the salt vaccine. Gotcha. I get it. For a long time there was no cure. Won't you know? Um, well. I tell you what, I was pretty happy with the game, as as I know you were. I'm happy with special teams. Hell, how about it? You know, if blanket ship doesn't, we're to the point now where if we don't get a touchback, I'm kind of like, no, oh, that's that's not cool, right? I mean, like touchbacks are like the norm, and now not getting a touchback is kind of a sad thing, you know? Um, oh yeah, we're a little spoiled on special teams this year, but. Uh, 
But overall, it was an awesome game, right? A dominating performance, 423 yards on the ground, five running backs with meaningful touches. It was fantastic. Good game for everybody all around. It is just, I mean, it's it's a wonderful time to be a Bulldog, and it's because we're winning. And we're getting away from that where we're holding our breath every game wondering how we're going to lose it. I think we finally lost that attitude. You know, we're, and, and I cannot say enough, and I think this is one of the biggest things, not just the attitude of the team, but the attitude of the fans. I mean, we are showing up. And we are taking over opponent stadiums. There were more people, there were more dogs in Vanderbilt than there were Vanderbilt fans. It was, it was probably 50-50 in Tennessee. And by the end of the game, it was just to see a red because most of the orange had left. It's and amazing. Same, and same up in South Bend. So, you know, all all these people and all this other stuff that we used to hear about, you know, Georgia doesn't travel well. Well, you're damn right. We don't travel well to the Belt Bowl or the Liberty Bowl because they don't mean diddly squat. But when when we're winning and games mean something, the dogs show up like nobody else. That's exactly right. Sea of Red is was amazing up in Nashville this past weekend. And like you said, all these bowl committees – that think we don't travel, man, we totally do travel when the games matter, when the games count. So I think we're on our way. And speaking of traveling and bowls, let's talk just a little bit about projections because everybody likes to talk about college football playoff projections at this time. And I have to tell you, there are people in my house that like to talk about why aren't we getting more love? How is it they got Ohio State and Penn State ahead of us? Ohio State has a loss. Why don't they respect us? Why don't we have any love? You know, did you see Nick Saban's bit about rat poison this past week, old dog? I did. Let me tell you something. We don't need to be above the radar. We don't need any rat poison. We don't need any love. I want this team playing like they're pissed off, playing like they're trying to prove something, not playing like they're entitled or they just get victories for showing up. I want this team dispatching SEC East foes by wide margins. Killer instinct. We don't need any damn love from the college football playoff committee. We just need to keep winning football games. That other shit will take care of itself. Exactly, and it's not the committee because they really haven't said anything. This is just a bunch of guys that get paid to write stuff, and they just got to they got to pull stuff out of thin air. Here's the deal: if we run the table for the rest of the season, which, if you look at the schedule, is absolutely possible and more than likely probable. I mean, I don't. You never know; something bizarre could happen in Jacksonville, but it shouldn't. And I hope. I hope Kirby is bringing back the feel that we had when Dooley was there and and back back when I was going all the time when I was a youngster. We used to own Florida in Jacksonville. Absolutely. There's no mystique about playing in Jacksonville, and Florida doesn't have an advantage in Jacksonville because they get to ride a bus and we have to fly. No. We used to whip their ass on a on a yearly basis in Jacksonville, and we need to get back to that. 
But here's the deal. If we represent the East in the SEC championship game and we win, we're one of the four teams. And it doesn't matter what some guy from CBS Sports 24 Live wants to write or anything else. All they're doing is writing stuff so people will talk about it. That's totally true. I love it. And I'll tell you something. I don't care what they say because what they're saying, like you said, doesn't mean anything. And until we finish the damn season, it even more doesn't mean anything. So just forget about that conversation right now. Let's focus on winning football games and take care of business. That's right. And let that other the only take thing care we of need, The only thing we need to be talking about and worrying about is how we're going to whip Missouri's ass in Athens on Saturday night. Exactly. So with that, we're going to switch gears. But I'll tell you, before we do that, we're going to take a break. I've got these Vanderbilt calls I want to play because the Vanderbilt postgame calls are amazing. And then we'll be back in just a few minutes to talk a little bit about this Missouri game coming up, 7.30 this Saturday night. Because their offense is... Hell, it's better than Vanderbilt's. So let's talk about that when we come back from the break. We'll do it. And talking about calls real quick, and we can end the show on this one, I think a great barometer for how the season's going is the fact that other than one call from Isaiah's dad, once we warned to make sure he was okay, we haven't gotten any more because he said the only time he's going to call is if he's got something to bitch about. And so no calls from Isaiah's dad means that the season is rocking along just fine. Absolutely. I tell you what, man. And that's a good thing, even though we love to hear from him. Don't exactly. But I do think but I do think we've got some of Jacob Eason's cousins sneaking in on us. Well, I think you're right. So we're gonna have to find out about that soon enough. So, dog fans, we're going to take a quick break, play these Vanderbilt calls, and then we'll be back to talk about Missouri in this special double-length episode, 440 Episode A and 440 Episode B. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Lowdown Dog in Okinawa. And I want to thank you guys for playing Dooley's Junkyard Dogs. And think how easy it would be to... Just change out Dooley to Kirby. Kirby's junkyard dogs. Anyway, it's been great to be a bulldog. Thanks for your show. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. I know recruiting is not a number one topic for the dog cast, but you have to look at what Kirby Smart is doing. Today, Justin Fields announced he's going to Georgia making it three years in a row that Georgia uh, recruited a top-ranked quarterback for each class. Uh, This is a strange situation for us. When was the last time you heard that Georgia was actually recruiting depth? Did this happen in the 15 years during the previous administration? I'm not exactly sure, especially in 2015 when we had to use a graduate transfer from Virginia Tech who lost his job at Virginia Tech as a starting quarterback and then had to recruit a a lineman from uh, a graduate transfer from Rhode Island to be left tackle because of lack of depth. I think 
regardless of what you think of recruiting, it's not necessarily a sexy topic, but I think we may be getting into the fact that Georgia is not just recruiting. Georgia is reloading. I like that. Waiting till tomorrow for Vandy. Feel very satisfied just for today. Dogcast technical support. How about them dogs? Out. Derek, old dog. This is Biddle out in Memphis. Monday morning, or actually Saturday morning for the Vandy game. Man, I, I tell you what, you guys so high on this from kid. You know what? The only thing he done against Tennessee is scramble for two touchdowns. Well, big deal. We get field goals out of those two drives. We still beat Tennessee thirty to nothing. You guys, I mean, Derek, I just sent you a a link to uh, the highlights of Easton last year. Is uh, you know his good passes. He was a freshman man playing under an offensive line was arguably the worst. You know, since 19, you know, in 30 years. And man, I tell you, Prom's gonna break your heart. If he's our guy and everything moves the way it goes, it's looking like it's gonna go, he's gonna break our hearts. Dude, oh my god, he, he, he's done fabulous. But I tell you what, you could bring in, uh, Cox or Tereshiski could have won these five games. With the defense the way we've been playing, come on. Think about it. We haven't needed him. He, Easton is a threat down the field. From is not. And that's good. And when we, we run into somebody that's halfway decent, it's going to, it's going to show. And it's going to, it's going to, and you, four passes. Easton's thrown four balls this year, and y'all are talking about, about him, like he is scum of the earth. It's that's awful, man. This kid could win anywhere. You talk, I talked about it in the show. Oh, Florida would love him. Yeah, any other college would love him if they throw the ball at all. Would love to have Easton because he's he, and the kid's confidence is shot now. You could see it in the couple series he played against UT when he was out there. His confidence is shot because he hears all this shit. You know, at this point, I wish, I, I hope he does transfer so he can go and prosper somewhere else. Because he, you know, he might be ruined at Georgia. You know, I want a national title. Just go ahead and, you know, he, he leave and, you know, maybe Fromm will get us there. And, you know, this, this Fields guy, uh-uh. Don't, don't, don't think he's the guy. No. Don't think he's the guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love you two guys, though. Let's beat Bandy today. Hey, Derek and old dog. This is Morgan from Alabama. Uh, calling you guys up. Uh, post Vandy, uh, big win uh, up in Nashville. We look dominating as we have now for three games in a row. And, uh, you know, me and me and my friends, we were texting each other and my family, and we're, you know, we're excited. And this is awesome, and we just can't believe that, you know, this is the kind of football that we're getting to watch. Uh, watch us play, but there's part of me, you know, I don't know if you guys feel this way, there's part of me that's a little nervous to get too excited. Like, I started following Georgia, you know, football really 
seriously in in high school really and 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 so that was probably the late nineties and uh you know um you know and so I was kind of grew up you know with mark Rick Mr mark Rick helm, and I saw kind of you know how it rose early and then fell off you know the wagon and how we disappointed you know year after year and you know so I'm just a little like I'm almost apprehensive to get too excited and I want to feel good about you know us winning and playing so well but it's just like I'm nervous that we're just all going to just fall apart like it always has but I'll straight you know look 6 and 0 great win um can't wait for next week. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm excited for to see what we look like next week. So go dogs. Derek, old dog. This is the lonely bulldog in Gator Country from Cordell, Georgia. Yep, I'm getting ready to leave Orlando, Florida. Moving back home to the birthplace, Cordell, Georgia. Looking forward to the move. What, what, what an excellent game. I mean, old dog, what can you say about this game? We ran the football down their throat every quarter. (laughs) It's just amazing, amazing. Just about 1,200 yards Vanderbilt has given up over the last three games, and we put up phobias on them. Wow. Chubb, Sony, 100 apiece. You know, Holyfield gets a touchdown. I mean, it's complete, complete dominance. And we have to get a game ball to our offensive line. Old dog, I know you would agree they deserve it. I mean, they totally manhandled the team that called out Alabama that, you know, fought Florida close, but 1,200 yards in three games? Wow. Game ball. Offensive line. (sighs) Missouri next week. More of the same. You know, I'm a truck driver by trade. So I was leaving Birmingham uh, earlier today. I was listening to the game uh, on TuneIn. That's where I catch the podcast of the Dogcast as well. And, you know, that first half sounded much worse over the radio than when I got home after getting off the road and watching it on TV. It's like, okay, really, it wasn't that bad. Uh, It sounded horrible, but watching it, yeah, we gave up some yards in the first half. But, you know, as uh, Kirby says, humility is a week away. Well, in our defense, case today, humility was a half away because Kirby was not happy at all. Well, I guess I was a little long-winded there. Uh, I'm going to make it short and sweet. 
another impressive victory. We're six and zero, waiting on Missouri. Our backup linebackers they filled in beautifully. Yeah, I'm just impressed. Oh, and just to uh, you know, calm down all those who say we need Easton's arm. What did From do? Forty nine yard touchdown pass in the win. Derek O'Dog, what a wonderful game. Gold dogs. Hey Dog Cast, New Hampshire Dog here with my good buddy. Roll Tide, New Hampshire. Yeah, I don't know. And we're sitting here with our brides just um enjoying the fact that the dogs kicked ass again today. And uh I gotta ask you a question. Did you guys see uh what Alabama did? Man, you guys gotta want. You gotta want more. Because unless you want more, you ain't gonna do nothing. Is Alabama only scored twenty something points today, and Georgia's just kicking the shit out of everybody they face. So I think this is gonna roll on, and uh, we're looking good for for the rest of the season, I believe. We didn't need a lot of them points that all of just you you Georgia dogs needed. Alabama. I think I it. think saving. Took the under. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Guess what? We sent our kickers. We sent our kickers in to be quarterbacks. We don't need that shit, man. We got it, man. We're just hanging out. Roll tight, Alabama. Oh, man. Screw him, okay? Go, dogs. Dog cast. Tell fair dog. I don't ever call, because uh, basically and frankly, nobody cares about my opinion on dog football too much. But I, I did. I just got something I got to say. Uh, it's an announcement to Dog Nation. All day I've been hearing, and for a week I've been hearing, Jake from this, Jacob Peason this. These people feel like they need to lobby for Jacob Peason. And the only thing they can do negative on from is we don't know if he can come from behind. Eason bought us from behind four times last year. You know why? Because he was behind. He was behind. And so if you do that shit, if you get yourself behind enough, you get good at coming from behind, or either you get good at losing. Listen to me. I just wanted to give Dog Nation a sigh of relief. There's three things in this life you don't have to worry about. And and this is big news. Number one, you don't have to worry about whether or not a woman's private part because it lubricates itself. Now, let's move on. Number two, you don't have to ride by a field in South Georgia, see a couple of wild hogs, and worry about them wearing their nose out because hog noses don't wear out. They can root gravel. They can root clay. If you put some corn under your driveway, they'll root it up. Don't worry about it wearing out. Relax yourself. Don't worry about that. And number three, and last but not least, please quit worrying about Jake Fong's coming from behind ability. Because when you are ahead, you don't have to worry about coming from behind. Hell, he's a winner. If you up by 40 points, you don't go out and go, well, what can I work on today? I think I'll practice coming from behind. No. You practice holding your damn foot in the right spot on the esophagus. So please quit with the can Jake Fromm bring us from behind. It's, it's killing me. I don't ever complain or say much, but they got to quit with that. Old dog, you're a legend, baby. Derek, old dog, this is Bill. Also six cent soldiers. Doing what I do, patrolling the night. Beautiful win against Vandy. Offensive line is coming around like like nobody's business. And I'm going to 
backtrack on a lot of statements I made about Eason and he's done. He's toast. Confidence is gone. He's heard all the talk. It's Fromm's team now. I, I, um, it, it's fate. It could be fate. Things happen for reasons. And I've been really high on East, and I still am, but it's not going to be at UGA. It's just not. And, and I'm fine with that. I wish the, the boy well, but it's Fromm's team. Yes, Derek, this is the guy that emailed you the highlights. It's just, uh, it is what it is, and that's fine, because, uh, hey, we're winning, and that's the bottom line. Love you guys, man. Let's move on to Mizzou and kick some butt. Go dogs. dog fans we're back from the break man the phone calls dude old dog how great are our listeners and the callers man i mean i tell you i get educated sometimes listening to those calls but i always get a laugh when i listen to these guys oh absolutely and it just you know it it kind of the calls and what the folks say it it just emphasizes what we've always said that this show is by fans and four fans. Absolutely. It's the only show like this, man. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. I was saying earlier, our listenership has we're probably grown. We're probably the two. We're probably the two only dumb bastards out there doing a podcast and not making any money. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? No ads, <laughs> no money. We, we got nothing going on. I we're mean, I guess talking. the best thing we got is we, 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 we've still probably got coupons for free Crystal Hamburgers. Yes, we do. Than, so we won't starve, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough to keep us alive, basically. There you go. All right, dude. So we got Missouri rolling into town, an SEC East contest this Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff, and I'm going to tell you, Missouri's offense is not terrible. You know, um, they have a pretty... Especially when they go against a bad defense. When they go against a bad defense, they're amazing. But their quarterback, this kid Drew Locke, pretty good arm, pretty good deep threat ball, you know? the bad news for him is we're number one in the conference defensively giving up big plays. So uh, we don't like to give up big plays, and their offense consists of pretty much only big plays. They use the big play to try to loosen up the box and then try to get a little running going on after they forced our linebackers away from the line of scrimmage. So, Old Dog, what do you think? What do you think we got looking forward to this Saturday night? Well, just a couple thoughts, and I mean, probably the biggest, and I, it doesn't look like we're going to have Trenton Thompson, you know, in there again, and I think against Vanderbilt, that probably hurt our pass rush a little bit. We've had a week now, you know, to to analyze, to figure out what we need to do, but we're going to need to get pressure on him, uh, you know, because it, it really doesn't matter if you give a a good quarterback time a defensive back cannot cover a receiver for, you know, five, six, seven seconds. The guy's going to get open. 
we have got to probably the biggest thing we've got to do uh in improvement over what over the Vanderbilt game is we have got to put pressure on the quarterback when he drops back and I'm sure that the defensive brain trust have got together and they've got to get and they've got a game plan for that and you know one thing too I just I, I get tired of always hearing about how good the Missouri quarterback is. You know, who was the kid that used to wear the bandana on his head that we were supposed to be real scared of till he got thrown off the team for smoking crack? I can't even remember his name now. No, I mean, you know, and he was, and we were supposed to live in fear of, you know, how great a quarterback he was. And then they had some guy that we can't remember, you know, before him that was great, you know, right. back when they kind of backdoored into two East championships. For sure. You know, on their own. Yep. But, you know, so I'm not, I'm not buying in. I'm not buying into how great Drew Locke is. Uh, I think Kirby's got a little bit of Coach Dooley in him, you know, and he finds the best player on the other team and then talks him up real big. Hell of a long snapper. Exactly. You know, the Richmond Spiders, that, that, that long snapper, he's going to be playing on Sundays. You know, we got to watch for him. But, you know, what it boils down to is when, when a team is on a roll like we are, You've got to find things to keep them focused and to keep them fired up. And, you know, along with talking about how Drew Locke is, I think one thing that is going to keep this group and especially our group of seniors focused is what's happened in seasons past. And I think these folks that we've got now see how much fun winning can be and how much fun it is to see a well-coached team when when every detail is taken care of. Our attention to detail with this coaching staff over the last two years is is tenfold what it used to be, and I still just marvel at the way we are tackling. That to me, that's the biggest change that I have seen from this year to years past. Is it used to be? It was it was a given that our first defender was going to whiff on the tackle. You sure. know, you were just hoping that the second guy was close enough to keep it from being a huge game, a huge game. You know, I mean, I, I can't remember, and I, I know there have been, but I can't remember where we've missed a tackle yet. Well, I tell you, and, we used to talk about swarming to the ball, right? We had to have eleven hats on the ball, right? Because, and I think that mentality comes from poor tackling. I mean, I still want to swarm to the ball, right? But I'll tell you, look, if nobody's there but J.R. Reed, that's also pretty good because J.R. Reed's going to tackle your ass. And Roquan Smith, yeah. totally going to tackle your ass. Oh, absolutely. And and they get knocked down. But but the team is running to the ball. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, in the last show where I think Kirby did a great job because they always want to talk about, you know, Alabama and how Alabama-esque, you know, Georgia is now and how Alabama-esque especially the defense is. And Kirby took it right to the great one, Irk Russell. And one of the great quotes Irk had back years and years ago when the dogs' defense was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and there were ten dogs tackling a guy. And when they asked him about it, you know, what he thought about it, Eric said he wanted to know where the 11th guy was. Damn right. 
Boy, I tell you what, and that's the kind of and that's the kind of mentality that we have now, and that's the kind of fundamental ball we're playing now, and fundamental ball, and running the ball, and playing good defense, and not screwing up on offense. That leads to wins. Penalties, turnovers reduced. I'm telling you, speaking of turnovers, the biggest problem. Missouri's had all year is their turnovers, right? Uh, Drew Locke is prone to throw damn interceptions. You know, as good as he quote unquote is, he's also a threat to put the ball in the other team's hands, you know? So, um, they're, they're last in the conference when it comes to turnover margin. And I'm hoping that we can have a bunch of different guys wearing the golden shoulder pads on the sidelines this week, these savage shoulder pads for takeaways, because I'd like to see about three or four different guys get to wear those this weekend. That would be fantastic. And it's a good way to make damn sure we cover the spread and beat the brakes off these guys, because we owe them. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, when was the last time, excluding this year, where we have been a 30-plus point favorite against an SEC opponent? Yeah, never happened. I can tell you, it's actually never happened. We've never been more than 30 points favored over a SEC school ever. So uh, I'd like to, and we've covered a lot of damn spreads this year, and I would dearly love to cover this spread also. Going into the off week, I really would like to get over on Missouri big. So, Let's get our damn hobnail boots ready to go and stick them right on the throat of the Missouri Tigers this weekend. Old dog, what else do we need to know now? You know, Missouri's defense, not that good. And especially not good against the run. So I'm no, assuming... which, which is really good. And, you know, and our offensive line is coming around. They definitely played their best game without a doubt, against Vanderbilt. Now, probably a look, something that had a little bit to do with that is probably also the weakest defensive front that we have played all year also. But there's nothing that, I mean, confidence breeds confidence. Yeah. And when you have a game like that, you just build on it. And we have gotten progressively better as the season has gone on, and you can't ask for anything more. I mean, we've got a lot of young guys out there that, you know, quite frankly, have been coached very poorly until Sam Pittman got there. Well, and uh, and like you said, you you can tell we are coming around. Well, and like you said, these guys, they have a better mentality now, and they're starting to see how fun it is. Our offensive line won an award this past weekend, best offensive line in the SEC, offensive line of the week. When was the last time we won any offensive line awards? Plus, if you're an offensive lineman, there's nothing better than having your running backs rack up yards. I think our offensive line is starting to get it. They're starting to see the big picture, they're starting to see how much fun it is to dominate and play well, and they're getting the fruit of that endeavor with these big yardage games out of our fantastic running back core. So, well, and one right. thing, and and one thing along those lines that I think has helped a lot, if you've you know done any reading and research, which I know you do a lot more than I do, but one of the big things that was a change from this year, this year 
from last year is the fact that they simplify the running game. They've taken out a lot of plays that they had, you know, a lot of things. I mean, with the kind of running backs we have, we don't need a whole lot of motion. We don't need a whole lot of trickeration. We just need a hole open for a fraction of a second because our guys can get through it. And once they're in the secondary, there's nobody that's going to bring them down one-on-one. I'm telling you, that video, I mean, the evidence is in that Vanderbilt game. We were just punishing their defenders. And I'm hoping we keep that going against Missouri because I don't, I don't, I mean, Missouri's offense may be a little bit better than Vanderbilt, but their defense is not playing any better than Vanderbilt's defense. I would love to put up another game with 500 yards rushing. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at it and, you know, something else to think of, you know, what, three, I guess it was three years ago uh, or so, you know, Gurley was either hurt or on suspension. Basically, when Nick, you know, Nick Chubb had his coming out party against Missouri. Yeah. I'd like to see that again, wouldn't you? Well, it would be it would be a great way to bookend your your games against Missouri. It sure would. You know, I mean, to start off with a 200-yard game and end with a 200-yard game. So the big question then is, I guess, I mean, our our you know our offense going up against their defenses coming weekend, not really going to be a big a deal. I think the key to the game. The offense is going to do what it does. Our offense is going to do what it does. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Key to the game was going to be us getting pressure on Missouri's quarterback. He cannot have all the time in the world to sit back there and pick us apart super deep down the field. He had something like five, three out of five passes over 40 yards this past weekend against Kentucky. We can't let that happen. No, no. And, and again – you know, I think we miss Trenton Thompson a lot more on the defensive line for his ability to rush the passer than we do his ability to stop the run. You know, not saying that he's bad at stopping the run. I'm just saying the guys that we that we put in in his place are probably as good or just a hair less than he is in stopping the run, but there is a much larger margin on the ability to get to the passer. I mean, gosh, you look at what he had last year. I think he had eight or nine quarterback hurries, and I think he was second on the team in sacks. Yes, absolutely. You know, which is pretty amazing for, for an interior lineman. And we're expecting him to not play this weekend also, right? Well, you can take that to the bank. Write that on the deposit slip, <laughs> take it to Bank of America, and you can put it in. We're not going to see him until Florida. There you go. So the bottom line is Missouri still – And you know why? Because we don't need them until Florida. Missouri's a 1-4 team. 1-4. Yeah. Not nearly as good on paper even as Vanderbilt. So can we keep this killer instinct? Can we keep the attitude, old dog? Can we pay off on this 30-point favorite line? Well, I I think we can, and I think probably the biggest biggest thing that you saw – with the game, I mean, I think we already, I think it was what, 31 to 7 when, when from by, you know, and, and again realize if you're watching it on TV, that yellow line is not on the field to play. You know, when from stepped out of bounds like six or eight inches short of the first down, and I mean, Kirby went apeshit. 
I'm telling you. You know, I mean, it was it was almost it was almost Spurrier esque with the visor going. It was, and you know, and I think, and you know, but but from pretty cool, you know, what did he do? He came back out and scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, he seems to take things in stride, but but just that. That's going to keep the killer instinct going. That's also going to keep the focus. Can you ever imagine a a coach of a, a team coached by Mark Rick to see that on the sideline? Can you have we ever seen a head coach for Georgia that upset on a blowout about stepping out of bounds eight inches short of short of the first down marker? Well, it's just like when the, the game I was about. when the game was won. Oh yeah. When, when I talked about it at the end of the Mississippi State game, when you want to crystallize the difference between the coaching staff we have now versus what we had in the past, it's that play, that series of plays where Fromm steps out, gets chewed out, then gets sent back into the game to get the damn first down and then scores. That whole thing. If we didn't do, if we'd done that step out, you know, you've gotten the, you would have gotten the slow golf clap, the pat on the butt. You know, it would be Mark Rick being Mark Rick. You know, well, guys, we tried. You know, go get them next time. You know what I mean? Hey, we're yeah, winning, let's go. We're let's go. Big. Let's go. Right, and let's go try to pooch a punt, and we'll have it go into the end zone. Hey, and we'll net 10 yards. We're winning big. It's not that big a deal. But with this staff we have now, it is a huge deal. Every play, every mistake, every drive. Every point, points for, points against, they are hard fought and earned on both damn sides. Kirby Smart's defense is not giving you a garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter. They're not giving you an easy damn third down in the fourth quarter, even if we have a freaking 40-point lead. That is the difference, man. And like you said, attention to detail. Detail like every single play counts. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And just, you know, just the motto, do your job. Yeah, do your job. So I'm excited to see what we're going to do this weekend. I'm excited to go down to Athens again, park on the railroad tracks, and get ready for a big SEC conference game. And isn't it nice to be kicking off at night and not at noon? Yeah, no shit, especially since it's night. I mean, how would you like to, how would you like to be, how would you like to be Butch Jones? Playing, playing against the Gamecocks and kicking off at eleven o'clock your time. <laughs> Get some, Butch. Oh, I'm telling you, I hope Butch never goes away. Though I wanted to stay in Tennessee. Well, now, and 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 he may because I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a little something I heard on the radio. The last the last two coaches, uh, Phil Fulmer and Derek Dooley, both got fired after losing to the Gamecocks. So I think there's probably a little a little extra emphasis at this point. If, you know, if he's only got one more game to win, it ought to be this one because I don't think he wants to be the third. That's or maybe he does. I mean, I, he's, got, he's got to know, though, his time there is gone. I know it. I know it. But, hey, I'm still pulling for the guy. I think he's a great coach. I think he should stay in Tennessee forever. Just well, like, I know. You just like Paul Johnson. You still like Muschamp in Florida. Shit, yeah. I want Muschamp in Florida. I want, uh, yeah, I love it. I love those guys, man. I love me some Paul Johnson, some Muschamp, some Butch Jones. I love them. So, yeah, Muschamp versus Butch Jones. Both of them, I mean, that's just delightful. Everything about that's just delicious. 
But um, anyway, I'm ready for a big game this weekend, old dog. You want to take us out of here with uh, Hardy Go Dogs? Wait, Absolutely. And wait, I, go before, ahead. Before you call, before you call the dogs, before you wrap it up, I got to cover a couple of things. One, buy more cups. I don't want you guys to think that just because I said, hey, I can't even fill all the freaking cup orders. Y'all bought all the cups in the world. That does not mean stop buying cups. Please buy no, more cups. No, you're, because you're, you're making a trip to the warehouse Saturday, right? Baby, we will get the damn cups. You guys send the money. I will get the damn cups, right? So don't let me discourage you from buying cups. But the other thing, even more importantly, I need some tickets for the Kentucky game. I need two or three or four, any one of those combinations. But somebody help me find some tickets for the Kentucky game. I've got my tickets. These aren't for me. I'm trying to find some tickets for another guy, and I told him I'd help him out. So I'm looking for some tickets. This guy's pretty important. I'm trying to get him some tickets. If somebody's got some, I'm not looking for free tickets, although free is awesome. I just need some tickets, right? So you guys email us at dogcast at gmail.com if you know of two or three or four Kentucky tickets. And you can also use that email, dogcast at gmail.com, to email us anytime you want. If you want to tell old dog he's an idiot, which, please, it's totally it's been, cool. It's been done before, and I'm sure it'll be done again. Totally cool with me if you want to tell him that. Um, email us or call us at 706-363-0210. We love hearing from you. I love it when you call and leave a voicemail and then send an email explaining your voicemail. That's freaking awesome. I don't ever get tired of it. Call and let us know what's up. We do this show for you guys. Like Old Dog said, it's by fans, for fans. We're the 100,000-watt flamethrower coming from 60 feet underneath the surface of Sanford Stadium Field. So, Old Dog, take us out of here with a hearty go dogs. Man, let me tell you this. This season is the thing that dreams are made of. We're taking them one at a time. Missouri's going to fall. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful Saturday night in Athens, Georgia. Kickoff is at 7.30, I believe, maybe 7. Get real lubricated, and when they come in, start barking and say, Go dogs. How about them dogs? Them dogs, them dogs, them dogs. We get it done every week. That's right. That's how we handle it. That D is on point. Jake Frum is the man. I'm going to need people, all all these uh people hating on Jake Frum, they need to stop, man. He's a winner. He's a winner. We get it done. Good win against Vandy. Now it's time to go kick Missouri ass.